Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. And a, what a big audience. So welcome back, you guys. And I'm so happy to see so many of you here with us. My name is Lisa Gunshore, and I am no longer your mystic guide. I am your demystification guide. That's what I'm changing it to. Um, and I am your host of Buddhist Biohacker. Welcome to my YouTube channel. Welcome also to Julia Hoyle's YouTube channel, who is with us today. We're on her channel as well. So for everybody watching live, I would love for you to share in the comments where you're from and how you're feeling today. Hi, Jason, welcome in. And if you guys have questions throughout this, please, 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 we love those. Um, so put those in there as well. I am really excited about today's talk. So before I set it up, I wanna introduce Julie Hoyle and Satyam back to Buddhist Biohacker. Thank you. Great to be here. I love you both so much, and I cannot believe it's taken a year to get the three of us on together. This is kind of crazy. Mm. We've been waiting <laughs> patiently in the wings for this. <laughs> well, this is a good topic, and I just want to say hi. So um, we have Georgina here. She says she's so happy to be here. She said she's in the UK. So hi, Georgina. Welcome. Thank Jason you. says hi. Welcome. So welcome in, you guys. So I want to set this up. So spiritual community. So there's been a lot of spiritual community corruption. And I want to set this up with it's not one community. So we're all very aware because it's been in the news the last year about Yogi Bhajan and the Kundalini community and what's going on there. Um, we also have corruption happening in the Catholic Church. We have, I actually went to Naropa University, which is founded by Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who had a lot of corruption there. And I have personally seen His Holiness the Dalai Lama in a talk, um, talk about sexual allegations towards Rinpoches within the Tibetan community and his expectations about what should happen with that. So no matter what construct or modality or whatever word you wanna use, there's corruption. And so I wanted to bring Julie and Satyam together today because they both have extensive experience in spiritual community to talk about spiritual community. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Why it's important. Why does it go wrong? And I don't know where you guys want to start. I'm going to throw it to you guys. Well, who wants to start and where now? <laughs> Sure, I, I don't mind starting with a kind of a little anecdote that I think might be quite helpful. But before I speak about that, just to create context for those people that might not know my background so much, you know, I, I've written extensively about a spiritual awakening I had in 1989. And then about five or six years later, you know, once kind of the dust had settled, so to speak, I um, was invited to be part of a steering committee, which, which took care of and ran a meditation center. And I was involved with that from the mid nineties until 2000. So you name the behavior, it would show up, believe me. <laughs> so a lot of the work that we had to do in terms of supporting the community and keeping it kind of at the highest kind of vibrational level, so to speak, was addressing behaviors that really weren't a good fit. Um, and then after that time in 2000, I went to India and I was on staff at an ashram in India for 18 months. Um, and I was involved with, you know, in the same way with that, even though I, I was in the logistics department. And then from there, I went to New York at an ashram there 
and I worked there for I think six or seven months or something. So in total, it was around two years where I was involved with, uh, you know, and then the 15 years or so, you know, in Nassau where I was running the meditation center. Uh, and as I said, especially in the ashrams, you name it, uh, every type of behavior <laughs> would show up that really had to be addressed because because there can be, I think with, with respect to, to the Western mindset, there can be this idea that when you go to an ashram, it's kind of hippy dippy and everything goes, and you know what I mean, and it's very cool and very relaxed. And it's actually the opposite because there's, there's very strict disciplines that are in place, and there is a, a, a high level of um, expectation with respect to how you conduct yourself. Um, and one of the things I remember seeing in the shoe room at the ashram in New York is a quote that said leave your ego at the door so you really have to you know especially if you're on staff as well you really have to be able to make sure that you really kept everything in check and you were there for the right reasons and you were disciplined and you know all the things that satyam spoke about last week with the with respect to the yamas and the niyamas <laughs> was very much kind of uh, supported and held in place so um you know that that kind of is the context from which i'm I, i'm speaking from speaking to with respect to to the community and and what i would say before i'd love to hear what Sachin has to say the whole thing with a spiritual community is that it cannot be sort of governed by one person if you are committing to being in that community, then you are also a steward. Mm -hmm. And that means that you are comfortable enough pointing to behaviors and to maybe attitudes and things that are brought into that community that really don't sit well with the goal of, 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 of what everybody is working towards. So I'm sure we can speak about that as we go along, but I'd love to hear what Satyam has to say. Sure. First and foremost, I thought you raised some very, very key points, uh, in particular the, those last few phrases of, of being in, invested enough that you're willing to point out the problems. Um, I've been living in a variety of uh, spiritual communities since 1991. I've lived in innumerable ashrams throughout India, uh, the Far East, uh, US, variety of places. And when I first started her hearing about issues um, with, um, or you can say with monks, uh, that I was thinking that maybe that it was something very like, that very high-minded, like their meditation just wasn't perfect to them. Then I realized, wait a second, that's not what it is. We're talking like what you have seen on TV, just in case people are not, are not aware. Um, the issues that come up are the most mundane, most um, bane, uh, down into the, the depths, okay? We're not talking about real subtle understandings about you know higher spiritual philosophy. Forget about that. The issues that need to be are the brick and mortar things about how you work your wallet and your pocket and your own personal organs. And those things, if those basic fundamental values need to be um, need to be held in check. And people have to, whether it be a particular dress or a particular 
um, uh, living situation in the ashram, be ready. Don't try and get by on, the, on, on your saffron robe and don't try and get by on, uh, well, I'm from so-and-so ashram. I don't, we don't want to hear it. You, the measure is by your conduct. That's the only thing that counts. That's the only thing that counts in spirituality and never listening to high flowery sounding talks if the behavior does not match. That high flowering talk is useless. It's hypocrisy. It's bogus. Yes. Don't get into it. Don't get, if someone's behavior is good, listen to them. If the behavior is not good, put them aside. Um, th these are just very, very key points because I want to say that um, when you go sit down with a stockbroker, you expect to talk about money and you expect that, well, this guy's probably doing something to buffer his wallet. That's, I mean, that's, that's what they do. But in the spiritual communities, they talk to you about morality. They talk to you about spirituality. And so that's what you expect. And so it's much more of a, it's a much more devious and cunning hypocrisy that you see in the, in the failed spiritual communities than what happens in the mundane world. Well, is it a surprise that a stockbroker got caught with insider trading? He deals with money all day, not a surprise. But what about people who are talking about these high-minded things and espousing these virtues, morality and spirituality and deep philosophical context? And they're, you know, we're, we're dealing with basic issues here. Um, not to bring up too much at one time, but, um, but that's the tone of the conversation. And I also want to say there have a lot of success rates. There's a high success rate in spiritual communities of people coming in if you have a sincere uh, interest then you will progress regardless. And just about um, what Julie was saying about pointing out, everybody, no one should think, if someone says, if you see a wrongdoing and someone says, no, you're not in position to point that out, that's not, the, you are in position. You don't have to be in a board. You don't have to be authenticated or a special badge. If you saw something and you're in that community, that's enough. And, and go ahead, people should be forthright about that. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I have a couple, I, I love this. I have a couple things I want to share, but I also want to say thank you to our members. Um, we have a special emoji here on Buddhist Biohacker, which is shadow work. And Hope has just posted shadow work, shadow work, shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. So thank you, Hope. It's so true. And uh, by context for spiritual community. So I haven't had the opportunity to go live in an ashram or be part of that. But um, from 2011 to 2016, I worked as a volunteer for uh, the Dalai Lama and for the events that he hosted. And one of those particular events, um, I was actually a volunteer coordinator, one of three. So the three of us women spent two years planning His Holiness coming to Boulder. We had to work with the Tibetans and 400 volunteers. So I would say I was initiated into spiritual community via that experience. Yes. And here's kind of my two stories and then I'll throw it back to you guys. One is when I went to Naropa University, it's a Buddhist university, I had a scholarship, I was so excited to go there. I had just gone through these tantric initiations with the Dalai Lama. And when I got there to the school, it was very different from what I expected. And, and the entire school community was very focused on drug abuse, sexuality abuse, <laughs> 
it was just this rampant, everything's okay because we're conscious and we're, I've got this light on my face, you know, we're in this other space. And I was really shocked because the initiations I had just went through had very specific vows in which you don't engage in that kind of conduct. And I was really disappointed thinking I was going into this space that was going to honor these teachings and instead was doing quite the opposite. So that was one experience I had where it was this organic flow. And the other thing is this great story. So in Washington, D.C. at the Kala Chakra, there's 50,000 people in the Verizon Center going through this massive tantric initiation for world peace. And it's lamas and monks and Tibetan people and Americans and people from all around the world who came for this. And part of the initiation is you receive this kasha grass that you put underneath your mattress at night. So in the middle of this initiation, when we've had nothing but like seven days of conversation with the Dalai Lama talking about compassion, and they ran out of kasha grass on one of the levels, and all of a sudden, it was insane. People were fighting over the kasha grass. People were running over monks and lamas to get the kasha grass. Monks and lamas were fighting with each other. I mean, it was crazy. And I remember standing there in the middle of all of this. And I actually, this, this one monk nun, she's actually one of the only female nun, monk nuns that His Holiness has ordained, and her name's Ani Lamo. She was like shouting. And so I got up on a table and was like shouting, like, please stop and listen to this monk nun. Like she's trying to talk. And I just felt like I was out of my body. I was like, I can't believe we're in this incredible, profound space. And this, I mean, talk about the shadow. It was like this massive explosion of rage and greed and stress and fear. And I mean, it was just amazing to see this. And I'm sure the initiation brought that forward, but it was just crazy. And I had to share those two stories because that has been my experience when I've seen things explode in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and that's what happens. You know, and it, I always laugh when people say, oh, you know, if I could just take some time off work and go live in an ashram for a year, I just sit there thinking, really, you have no idea. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because you're taking with you everything that kind of frustrates you and is unresolved in you for the, you know, <laughs> one part. And then, of course, you'll be meeting whatever you meet there. And uh, it's it, it's kind of like a different version of what you meet in the world. It might be more subtle but it's definitely there mm -hmm. it's definitely there it's and it's not for the faint of heart that's all i can say <laughs> just just to uh, follow up on your your experience at neuropa is that that that's what it was neuropa mm -hmm. the first story that's a common thing and people should be aware about this you have to know what they what justifications are going to give that no we are this it's okay if i have that having relations with me, this type of thing, I'm an elevated being, it's okay, you can do that. It's All that is, is manipulation. It is gross manipulation. And be ready, don't think, if they're doing that behavior, um, the, the, two, the two most basic things that people mess up with in the spiritual communities are is sex and money. Those are the two biggest things where you're gonna find, uh, where you find exploitation, where you find cheating, where you find scandal. 
And um, there's nothing high-minded about it. So no one should be saying, no, I'm this type of being, which sounds like what you were saying, uh, uh, Lisa, that mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're pure, so it's okay, it's nonsense. It, it, it should be cut it off at the knees. Just know you're in the wrong place, either clean it up or go someplace else. But don't get caught up, don't buy into that these people are blessed souls and that if they're having whatever XYZ orgy or they're doing something, something that it's sacred, forget about that. Yes. It, should, it should be neat and clean, strict and straight the whole way. Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah. yeah. So I, the main thing is, is that um, first, again, I want to say there's, there's a lot of successes. I lived one-on-one with a monk uh, I, for years and it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It, I mean, he and, and, and it changed my life on every single level. Um, but, but, but the larger the ashram, the more minds in there and the more, or the just, it needs, and it needs a strict, there has to be a, uh, a code of conduct that's agreed upon and they have to be very strict and everyone should be uh, empowered to point out. And then the person either has to be rectified or they have to leave and, um, or it, it needs that. So everyone should be very straight on this. There's, it's a very simple equation. The behavior should match. And it um, don't get don't get befooled or or by any of those justifications that are flying around. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, and I think there's spiritual bypassing that happens. And I also just really saw, especially in the volunteer side of things, you want everyone's there to do something good. And so you're scared to point out something wrong especially if it's somebody that you respect. And I think, you know, that's something I wanted to ask you guys or to put out there because I think when we respect these teachers and then we find out that something isn't above board or we're, we're not sure how to communicate with them, like that's tricky. Like that's a tricky thing, especially if, and if there's people that are viewed high level in the community. Like yes. we dealt with that a lot as volunteers, people who had done it for years, but they were very disorganized and very scattered and you're trying to like help, but everybody's looking to that person because they're seen as a leader. Those are those are when you really have to have done your work because it's real easy to become a martyr or to bypass or deny it rather than actually being confrontational or, or talking about the conflict directly. Yes, yes. You know, and that was why all of this is why I was really prompted to write about the shadow within spiritual communities, because there can be this belief that everybody's coming from the highest perspective. And oh, you know, the, the teacher or the guru or the master is doing this to work on your ego, whatever the story might be around that. And it isn't always true and it's not always the case. I mean, sometimes it might be, but uh, there is a huge shadow element in, in spiritual, all spiritual communities. And, and, and the job of each one of us is to do our own shadow work and then recognize how that plays out within any given community on, a, on any given day because, because it's there. And it can be quite subtle. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, the main thing is about doing your own practices and trusting your own inner guidance and not numbing down or avoiding speaking to what you see that is really not, you know, dharmic or, or isn't, isn't kind of being played out in, uh, in the highest way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it, it can be downright disenchanting and disappointing when you first come across this. And some people may not want to believe it because they've had really good experiences for the first few months or first few weeks or first few years. And then they, as they get more involved, they start seeing things that are untoward behaviors. And, and, and it can shatter a person's um, enchantment with the path. And just know your path is something purely internal. And we're trying to move together. And as we move together, um, ultimately, we have to be able to help others do that. Um, and helping means pointing out, allowing them to continue only multiplies their own difficulties they're going to face. They're going to have to undergo the scar for that. They have to go at one point or another, you're going to have to, you know, uh, come face front with all the repercussions of what they're doing. So if you can do an intervention, you know, no one likes to do that because no one likes mud thrown back at them. That's what happens. You may be a black sheep. I've been kicked out of things for this reason. Uh, and But you have to be straight on, straight with yourself and be ready with a tall spine that whatever backlash may come, I'm going to see this through and yeah. see it through for the right reasons. Not my prestige, not their downfall, but just for what is just. And 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 you have to be ready. And if you're not ready... Talk to other people who you trust and and get get some momentum about it. Um, and um, it, it's a tricky thing. It's not easy, um, but you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. Oh, I mean, this and this is not just with spiritual communities. This is with everywhere. If the SEC had any guts, they would have called out Madoff at the beginning. But they didn't want Madoff to make if they didn't want if Madoff got caught, it would have looked bad on the whole financial community, and they didn't want that. So it be, so it mushroomed. And then if you in the yoga community, we say, hey, if it mushrooms, you don't want to end up like the Catholic Church. You're going to end up on the on the front page of all the newspapers. Stop it. Nip it in the bud. Um, and but it happens in in. Um, I mean, look at Washington, D.C. with all the politics. Nobody wants to say anything because of the backlash. So, but just know that people will thank you in the future. And just, just put, be dogged in your approach. Be, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and gather the strength, gather a team and, and move through it, do the job. But backlash will come, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's where doing your own work comes in. I mean, I think I even experienced growth like from my first volunteer experience in 2011 to 2016 where I felt like I could speak up and say something where maybe I wouldn't have before because I felt more confident in myself as a person and what I thought was right. And I also felt like I understood you know, what the expectations were, you know, and so I think that's part of your own individual journey too, in, in whatever community you're a part of. And it's so true. There's a lot of stuff going on in all sorts of communities across the planet right now. And, yes. and it's being direct and being honest and being clear. And that goes into, I want to switch gears into why we want to be in a spiritual community. Um, because, part of what is happening on the planet is we are finding communities that we align with. And really, while there's a split in a lot of what people think and feel, it's also really making it clear what's aligned and what's not. 
Like if it's not aligned with you, it's not working anymore. And, um, you know, so I want to throw it to you guys with why do we want to, what is the reason we want to be in one? Why did you guys go to one? Like, what do you, what draws people to them? Uh, I can go with Julie. Go ahead, Julie. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, as I shared, I had a really radical spiritual awakening. I mean, there was just no question. It just completely and utterly transformed my life. And it also transformed my relationship with my own understanding and perception of, of what was real and what wasn't real is, is the only way to put it. And I, I felt led and drawn to meditate and do the practices. I mean, like I was on fire with it. And so, so because of that, I felt a need to find community so that I could at least have conversations with people that were lit, being lit up in the same way. Um, though what I did find both locally and at the ashram was it was still difficult for me to have conversations because, because I guess my awakening was just so intense and so dramatic. It was it was really hot. And then and then I get really kind of anxious or shy about, you know, it can sound like you're bragging. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then I just just stayed quiet. But I still enjoyed the community and I learned a lot about, the, you know, the things we've been speaking about, about being disciplined, about doing not just the meditation and yoga practices, but doing, you know, doing japa and then being mindful about what I'm thinking and mindful about what I say and how I say it and honoring people, you know, all of, all of the, again, the, the, the yamas and the niyamas and, and understanding that and understanding how to integrate all of those aspects into my life in a really organic way. And in a way that was, um, was real, you know, mm -hmm. and, and applicable to everyone and everything, whether I was speaking to a yogi or, or, or somebody who had no interest in any sort of um, spiritual life at all. So I couldn't help myself. In other words. <laughs> no, nice, nice. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think the, the desire or the penchant to go into a spiritual community or to investigate or to explore that side is very, it fulfills a need. Materialism and the, the local job force and workforce and, and the America uh, um, pumping out pseudoculture um, around the globe, it's extremely dry, limiting. I mean, success is based on money, based on prestige. I mean, all the most superficial things. We need a certain amount of money to live, but that's not, um, you know, that doesn't satisfy human thirst. And and um, and and so I think there there is an inherent need both for community and for spirituality, and 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 those things should be uh, welcomed. It should be honored. It should be uh, you're moving in the right direction. And um, and then just know that all spiritual communities are not the same. Just like all stores are not the same. They certain certain ones have cater to different types of of lifestyles, different diets, different spiritual practices. So make sure it's one that you feel aligned with. That um, uh, some people. So that that's a whole nother really conversation of finding the right community for you. Then then that that takes. Um, but but there is an inherent need. It's not like 
we're talking about these problems in the communities and say, oh, and then people say, oh, no, I'm not going to go that route. Well, actually, it's a route that we need. There's two things. One, spirituality is an inherent quality of human life. It needs to be pursued. We're not just physical beings. We're not just psychic beings. So it's, it needs to be pursued. And then human beings need community. We're not like wolves that we just live on our own. We need community both for our own personal welfare, as well as to solve the collective problems on this on this planet. So both these things, spiritual and community, they need to be pursued. But the point is, it needs to be done above board. It, the, 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 the uh, groundwork, the, 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 the points that we're trying to uh, establish need to be embodied, and there needs to be strictness on that. So it's not like saying, okay, I'm never going to do those things. Do it, but go in with your eyes open. And, um, and it should be a clear social contract of what are the expected behaviors and what happens when people veer off. And none of this, well, I'm a monk and you're not, or you're a family person, or I've been celibate, or you've been celibate, or I'm vegan and you're this, or what? forget about it. What you are, your, your conduct must match up. So find one where you find the values appeal to you and make sure they're following it. And then you have to say, well, how deep are you into that community? Are, are you going to fix it? Or are you going to move on? And that's that's another aspect. But the, but the idea is that these things are vital. They serve a vital role for human beings. And I expect them to uh, flourish and flower as we really become more and more poignantly aware and committed to the practices, then they, they can work. Um, but there's been a lot of pitfalls, no doubt. I mean, I think almost every uh, Easterner who's come into the U.S. and they, well, almost all of them. When I went to Oregon and University of Oregon in the early 90s, they were still reeling from Rajneesh and all the absolute scandal that happened in the 70s. I mean, the professors, the people, it was raw 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, so there's been a lot of pitfalls, but but the essence of it, both those two words, spirituality and community, they are integral for human growth and development. I so agree. And for me, my community experience was a little different. You know, I I made a conscious choice to sign up to be a volunteer because it was uncomfortable. And I remember when I was, you know, in high school and junior high, like I did a lot of volunteer work, but I was very, I knew where I was. I, you know, I was a leader at school. Like I knew I was in charge. And all those years later, when I applied um, to be a volunteer, I was in completely uncharted territory. And that was kind of the point for me. So it was this weird, like, I'm going to engage in a community and just see what this is all about and see how it feels. And it was really uncomfortable. And I can tell everybody here that's watching right now, like, for a Midwest girl to go to Washington DC and to engage with a Tibetan community that I knew nothing about their politics, how they behave, what their expectations were, and a Buddhist practice that I knew nothing about other than some books I'd read was overwhelming and it was really uncomfortable, but it was actually like 
one of the most profound growing experiences in my whole life because it really awakened me to a whole different culture. It awakened me to politics that I never cared about. It, it showed me things I never even knew mattered to me until I actually saw them. So I think engaging in a community, especially if you feel drawn to it, like I had no, I don't, can't, still can't explain why I love the Dalai but I do. And I just, wanted to be with him. And what happened was I met these incredible people in the Tibetan community and in the volunteer community that we've stayed in touch all these years later. I have an incredible woman that she and I work together. Eleanor, if you're out there, I'm saying hi, because I know she watches the show. But you know, we sat at a booth every day and sold tickets, but we made these lasting friendships. And so there was a real beautiful thing. And there was drama that happened with the volunteers, but we sort of I didn't have anything to do with that, thank goodness. So that was like another booth. <laughs> so I didn't have to deal with it. But, um, you know, for me, it wasn't this like driver to be part of a community. It was more of this driver to really understand something I didn't know before. And so I think there's a lot of power in engaging in something and, and taking the risk and putting yourself out there because it's very spiritual communities to me are the most intimidating. And I often have stayed away from them. And so to step into one takes a lot of courage all by itself. So I think that's one thing I want to say is like, be brave and step into a spiritual community because it is really important and you're going to learn something from it for sure. It's going to change you somehow. Like that's key. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Absolutely. You know what? And, I'm, I'm sorry. No, please, no. No, I, no, say, I would love to have you speak to is the Ajitakasa community and, you know, everybody's involvement and how we can support that. I mean, I know you have a mission statement, which is really clear about, you know, advocating non-harm and non-violence and all of those things. But but I think it I think it might because I think probably many people that are listening and joining us live and who will watch the recording later are also likely to be part of the Ajitakasa community, which would be wonderful, I think, to sort of, because we're all part of that, to speak to that and to speak to, you know, what the kind of highest approach to being involved in that community looks like. Yeah, for sure. I would love that. And it's great because I really got clear this week, you know, it's, it's this consistent, like, refining of what the heck I'm doing. And what we're all doing uh, with this app. And I just put up hope. Thank you so much for your comments. She said, Ajatakasa is 100% the spiritual community I've been searching for for years. So thank you so much for sharing that hope. And um, yeah, so in December, it just landed in me that I needed to create a space for all of us. And personally, I'm a little anti-authority, if you guys haven't figured out yet. And um, I don't agree with a lot of the censorship and a lot of the management of information that's happening out there. And I also feel that there's a real personal loss of engagement with the people we actually care about on some of these bigger platforms. I mean, they're just too big, right? And it's become endless ads and endless Canva posts that are really pretty and I'm still making them anyways, but you know what I mean? Like it's just, and so I really wanted a space that was safe and, 
And I didn't know what that meant. And I knew it came from spirit directly. Like I just knew, okay, I have to do this. And it just was amazing. I mean, synchronistically, like things just happened within like seven days. And I found this amazing company, Disciple, which I'll shout out for everybody. Disciple is in the UK. They're an incredible company who does nothing but build community apps. So they're very good at it. And they also are really great support for all of us who have communities. Because um, there's a lot of micro communities out there. And so built the app like over Christmas and it launched in February. So we're 90 days in. And um, and thank you, Jason. Oh my gosh, Jason says 100% agree. Such a great a community. It has changed me already. I love that so much. And so um, to use, um, I'm talking all about Todd White today for some reason, but to use his idea of an experiment, I would say that Ajata Casa is this beautiful experiment of participation. And Osho, who also is very controversial, his community went crazy. Um, and there's plenty of documentary about that if you want to watch it. Um, I still love him, though, and I love his books. And um, Osho's message about participation is that it takes every single one of us working together to create a unified whole. It is not one person. And that is actually tattooed on my back. I have the mandala that represents participation. I got that when I received Shaktipat from Nityananda in 2007. And that's like the stamp of what a Jatakasa is. So it is a social media app. And while I didn't create it to go up against the bigger social media apps, I think that's sort of what I'm what's happening on its own. And it's a safe space. There's no tracing or tracking. I actually have the developer license. I own the information. It will never be sold. I did not turn on the location tracking, so no one's going to follow you and know where you are. I don't care. I don't want to know. Um, there's no ads. And it's dedicated to nonviolence and non-divisive energy. I think... Um, I just wrote a blog article a few days ago about ambiguous pictures. If you haven't read it, please do. But it really talks about the fact that all of the, the sides of the story right now are all true for everyone who believes in those sides. And I wanted a space where we didn't have to talk about it. I didn't want to have to explain my point of view or my belief. It's just who I am. And I don't want to feel uncomfortable or have to disengage with somebody because of what they're believing or forcing others to believe. And so this is what Ajata Casa is today. It is a social community where we can engage authentically. We're, each, we're ourselves. You can post a picture of your kids and it's not going to be sent to some database. Like you can share your awakening because it's a totally safe space to be vulnerable. You can learn from the community experts and the leaders in the community who are sharing their teachings and their wisdom and their videos and all of their creativity. It's a space for like an explosion of Shakti. So to me, that's music and film and art and photography and writing and yoga and Ayurveda and food and aliens and everything that it is because we have these spiritual journeys and we're all in different places and to have the support is really great. And the last thing I'll say, cause that's very long tangent about Ajata Kasa, but what I said in ambiguous pictures, which again, you should go read it cause it was really good, but <laughs> I wrote a good article, but you can see different images in one picture, 
but it's still a picture. It's still a visual form. And what a jatakasa is, is it's removing yourself from the form and going inside. And you really need support to do that. And that's what the app is about, whether it's the content in the app, the people in the app, it's a place to be supported, to be yourself. And that's really what it is. And it's growing and it's beautiful. And I have some massive, awesome stuff on its way with One Heart, One Earth. But that's really what it is. It's really an incredible space for all of us. And I can't believe that I built an app or that I even have one. And it's weird to say it out loud sometimes because I'm like, oh, download my app. Um, but it's amazing. So that's all I'll say about it. That's a lot. But <laughs> thanks for asking. Yes. Satyam, do you want to say anything about the Ajatakasa community or? No, no, I think one thing I like about, it, and I, I think people, I think it's helpful. And I, I think that there's a lot of sincere and, and, and good offerings. And what's nice also is that you're getting into a community while an online community while it's small and while it's, um, and you can be part of its growing process. And that's meaningful. You know, you're not one of uh, you know 800 trillion billion on Facebook or whatever it is. We're, we're just a few hundred folks, and we're growing. And you so you have a voice, and your voice will be heard. And um, and whatever discussions you like to have and can start, um, you know, people will pick up on that. And so just know that every person who comes in is it's it's at it's 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 in a you know, it's infancy and it's a nice place to be. And, uh, you know, I fully support. One thing I want to say in, uh, is that in uh, a few weeks, Julie, uh, Lisa's hosting a, um, uh, a forum on that for how to enhance people's understanding and engagement. Not to go into it now, but just mark your date for that and you'll see things. But but no, I feel like it's, it's a great opportunity on, on multiple levels and I've appreciated it very much. Yes, yeah. I would, I would say the same. And what I would really encourage people to do is, you know, before, before they post it, and, and this is my practice, before I post anything, I really contemplate how will this add value? Does it add value? Mm -hmm. Is it going to uplift or inspire or motivate or give some sort of directive, you know, with, res with respect to self-inquiry? You know, and that way, it means that whatever's being shared doesn't come from this sort of egoic drive or need to kind of put something on there. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that uh, Lisa, you and I have had conversations about right use of language because a couple with a couple of posts, I have seen language that really, you know, doesn't have its place in the community because because it's not inclusive. It's not um, kind it's kind of negative negative language and i did speak to that and i did point to that so we, we really have to be careful even with jokes and memes mm. you know if you're using language that is is really sort of negative and speaks ne negatively to women or to men um but i would say um you know that there's no place there for that and I also would question, you know, with kind of local news and what you can find on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, you know, whatever's blowing up in the world <laughs> with respect to who's divorcing who or what drama is happening over here or there or whatever. Is, is there a place for it? I, you know, I don't know. I think that would have to be your call, Lisa. But, but if, if, if the community is really about uplifting 
and generating positivity and motivating and supporting people to go inside themselves. I'm not sure gossip is the right place. You know what I mean, right? But, you know, oh, like, yeah, totally. I agree. Um, so, um, you know, I think, I think we really have to be mindful because otherwise, if, if, if all of that is going to be allowed in, you may as well close the, the app down and just have everybody go back to Facebook and Instagram or read mm -hmm. People magazine or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I think there's, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, because, you know, it, it's really about keeping it clean, keep, keeping the content clean, keeping that sort of the light and we all, we all know what the, the problems are in the world. We don't need to keep reading that, you know what I mean? Or seeing it and seeing it, seeing it. Which reminds me of this story about uh, two, two Zen monks who went to see an enlightened master. And uh, one of the Zen monks said to the master, the yogi master, you know, why don't you speak about all the suffering in the world? And the, and the yogi master said, suffering is ordinary. Everybody knows about suffering. <laughs> Let's speak about, and it's true, right? Yeah. Instead, speak about joy, discover the self, discover who you are. And it's this is not about spiritual bypassing, and I'm going to say that loud and clear. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not about, you know, trying to find this high, heady state <laughs> and not, not, you know, recognize what's happening in the world. And don't you realize there's all of these things happening on, you know, we're being sort of controlled, manipulated. You know, all of that's very much out there and we can read, we can consume as much of that as we want to, right? Yeah. But this this community is about consuming and supporting and guiding people to recognize, as Satyam said, what is the most important thing in life, which is recognition of the self, supporting awakening, you know, in the whole of humanity and living in a way that is really aligned with its source itself. Okay. And not aligned mm -hmm. with all the crap that's on the or whatever. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's so much I want to say because this whole topic fires me up because I've been fired up for like three days about it. And Claire, you read my mind. So Claire um, posted here. Let me share it on the screen. I love that we can share these comments. My new thing I learned. So share or Claire share. <laughs> Good Lord, Claire said, being conscious of what we post is a beautiful gift. We also need to feel comfortable to share our joy and our authentic selves, family, our homes, our achievements, and so yeah. on. And, you know, so there's a couple things I want to say. One is, yes, there are kids in our app. And I would love for you to bring your kids, by the way, into the app. Um, we are an 11 plus app, 11 years old and older. So the language piece is important because we have to remember that even if they're not posting, Right now, because they're nervous, they're still in there looking at what we're doing and we want to set a good example. Um, I also want to say there that I really feel, and this is where I get on my soapbox about mainstream social media, but we're really, we've been programmed to operate a certain way on those platforms. And we've been desensitized to a lot of stuff that's been posted in all those places. Yes. And so I want to remind everyone what Claire is saying about, you know, be like, think before you post, yes. you know, and in conjunction with what Julie and Satyam are saying, 
is don't overthink it either. We're yeah. gonna make mistakes. We're new. Mm -hmm. And that's part of learning is like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And it's not about to be embarrassed. And don't be afraid to be stewards and to call each other out. I think that's totally fine. Um, but also to Clara's point is this really is about authentic engagement. And I don't think we remember how to do that. I can't tell you the last time I posted a personal photo on any sort of social media. This weekend, I made the conscious decision. I thought, you know what? I just braided three girls' hair. It took me three hours <laughs> because I had to like three girls, curly hairs, big thing. And I was like, you know what? I actually, it's safe for me to share this with somebody. Like I actually was like caught myself thinking it wasn't safe or that I shouldn't do it. And so I think part of what's so beautiful about what's happening in the community, I've seen a lot of it in the last few days, and I know we'll see more, is this is about being ourselves. This isn't about you know, denying our humanity any more than it's denying the self. This is about bringing it together in one space and actually caring about each other because we actually know each other. We're not bots. We're not a bunch of people. And yes, it will get bigger. And yes, there'll be lots of people and you may not know everybody. But wouldn't it be great if we did? Like, wouldn't it be great if we all introduce each other and share our lives and share our spirituality and our creativity and all this incredible stuff with each other? I mean, I just think I'm so passionate about it because I think what's happened in those other spaces has gone its own way that isn't aligned with source. And I think we have the opportunity to create a space that is aligned with source, but is also fun and authentic and not super spiritual, like JP Sears yes. likes to say. This isn't about being like perfect. So don't not post because you're afraid or because you don't think it's spiritual enough. It's actually okay to post something fun or something personal or something beautiful because those, you know, it's in a new earth with Eckhart Tolle. Like, holding up the flower for the teaching. That was all Lao Tzu did. He held up a flower. Sometimes just posting a picture of a flower or your child smiling or my little baby chicks I just posted is enough to open the Shakti, yes. to make you feel joy, you know, yeah. and to do some cool things. Like we're going to go through the yamas and niyamas, jamas, right, and niyamas, with Sadyam in the yogi group, like how fun is that? Like we're going to be able to do some things collectively that are super positive. There's my, that's a big soapbox. <laughs> no, all good. All good. Um, and uh, and uh, just to pick up, I, I very much appreciate um, all the input and, and guidelines. And one thing is, is that if someone does want to, raise a point about some mundane problem or something from the news, then it should be done not as a newscaster just to pr promote the news, but what special insight do you have about the underpinnings of it and how can we avoid it? Like, let's say there's, um, you know, that, that, then, then to me, to my feeling, then that makes it meaningful. Okay, we know what, everyone knows what the news is, but do you have some, some, you know, if we apply a particular uh, thought or, or, or a dietary practice or some type of, does that change the ability to solve the problem? Then it becomes meaningful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Rather than, rather than just kind of copying and pasting from, right. from you know. Right. Yeah. 
But what what is it? Are you an engineer? Are you a meditator? Are you um, are you an environmental specialist? What bring that specialty in to help resolve and and to to, to introduce that knowledge base? Then it becomes then that's quite worth from my perspective. That's very worthwhile content. And Ajanta Kasha has those types of people there. So people should bring their specialty, bring your uniqueness to mundane, ordinary problems, and that that makes it special. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so you're seeing it from a higher perspective. Yes. You know. Well, and I love this because I, I, you guys know, I'm always like, it's not me. They keep me like ahead of the curve. Um, but you know, I've gotten some great feedback and some of it came from my husband who said, I go to social media for the news. So I'm actively working with partnering with some conscious news networks Um, to be able to bring a group in that can give us information about the planet, about what's going on. That's in a very neutral way. I don't know how that's going to work, but um, those are, those are great things to bring up because we do want to know what's happening. But again, it's like making it come from a, it's coming from that nonviolent place. That's really what it is, is nonviolence. And, and it's really interesting because I'm doing an article, writing an article right now because you know, Gandhi was a nationalist and the Dalai Lama is a globalist. They have very different viewpoints about what should happen in politics. And yet they're both very incredible, potent teachers in our life who hold the same kind of Shakti. And so I believe that we can have all of those energies in one space because they exist inside of me. Sure. It can exist inside our app and you know, we can all share these different points of views with it coming from that place, from what, like what Satyam's pointing to, what Julie's coming to is that, that great place. So anyways, it's, I think it's going to be amazing. And I'm really excited because there's a lot of great stuff on the way. And um, in case you guys don't know, um, I will say this. So yes, Satyam brought up a great point. Um, We do have a webinar this month. It is free for everyone. If you go to BuddhistBiohacker.com, LisaMGunshore.com, AjataCasa.com, there's a header at the top. You register for free. It is on the 20th of this month at noon. So it's a lunch and learn. And I'm going to teach you how to work the app. I'm going to show you all of the things that it does. And I'm also going to show you how to access all the content and what's inside this app. So it's really important that you sign up for the webinar. I'd love everybody to be a part of that whether you're in the app or you're just considering being a part of it. So that's one important thing. And then the other important thing to know is when you're in the app, if you go to the menu bar and you go to OHO, which is one heart, one earth, we have a global collaborative of articles, galleries of photos, art. We're adding recipes and we are looking for contributors. We want you guys to be a part of it because my vision that I have for this app is All of us in the community can go read each other's articles. We can go look at each other's photos and art and poetry and share with each other who we are directly inside this incredible container. So please go to ajatacasa.com, click contribute and fill out the form and come be a part of what we're building because it's like nothing that's ever been built before. And I know, I know that it will be here for a very long time. Yay. <laughs> what else do you guys want to talk about? So much Ajata Casa. I love it though. So, hey, go to Google 
Google Play, you can go to Apple, to the App Store, you can go to the web and download the app. I, I would actually like to just kind of respond to what Claire shared because it's really beautiful. You know, when you're sharing about your successes in life or your family or like you, Lisa, when you shared that um, photograph of your, you know, the braiding that you've done, you, you're, because you're coming from a place of joy and love and gratitude and all of that, you know, the energy of that is, is so felt in those images and, the, and those sharings. And, it's and we all benefit from that. It's really beautiful. So, so uh, you know, as, um, who was it, Dan Millman once said in his book, I think, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, there, there are no ordinary moments. So, you know, if we, even if, or if we see a sky or a sunset or something, when, when we have that sort of resonance, when we feel that joy, when we feel that connection with source itself, and we share, even though it might seem simple, it does carry the Shakti and it does serve to inspire and motivate people and, and you know, just connect us in again to source. So, so I would say, you know, all of those things are really very beneficial for all of us and it's beautiful. And then that way we get to know one another in a, in a, in a very personal way and an intimate way, which is really what is missing with most social media platforms because they have become, as you said, Lisa, very impersonal. Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is sort of po polished presentation, which isn't real. It's mm -hmm. Well, or it's shocking. Or there's stuff that I'm yeah. like, I don't even need to see this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Enough already, right? <laughs> Let me get out of here quick. Yeah. I mean, I really, I've, I've been around and around with it. And, and I think everyone choose what you feel. I just know for me, what I feel is I feel most happy and most connected when I'm in a Jatakasa, not just because I created it, but because of the people that are in it, because I love all of you and, and know almost everyone. I've seen you comment on shows or you've been on a show or you're a client of mine or whatever it is. But, you know, I think there's this this authentic engagement and we're learning how to do that because I don't think we know how to do that anymore. And so it's going to be awkward. You're probably going to post something you're going to delete. You probably are going to have a tough conversation. Trust me, I've had many already. Um, but don't beat yourself up. Like that's what we're here. We're here to hold each other through the oopsies, right? Because to, to what Satyam was saying very much at the beginning is being direct and just yeah. dealing with it is great because it doesn't feel good probably to any of us, but man, you just keep going. You don't want to give up though. No, 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 right. no. Yeah, I, I, and, um, and I think that, that there's, in terms of spiritual community, the root cause of degeneration is when people get lax in their practices. The practices and the inquisitiveness and the earnest desire that led them into it, then they think, oh, I got that. This pseudo overconfidence that, and then little by little, they degrade, they degenerate until there's a shadow of what they used to be, shadow in just the normal terms of what shadow is. Um, and um, so vigilance in one's own personal practices and one's own disciplines 
helps and that allows one to be a better contributor to any community, whatever community you're, you're part of, whether it be a social media, whether it be the Cash app or anything, you will have a more insight and and people will feel that from you that, oh wait, this person, they mean what they say. It's not just because uh, it's built in on a practice. It's layered. It's, it's not just from uh, it's not just from the larynx up or from the tongue out. It's within them. It, it's embodied. You're embodying that idea, whatever that is for in you and your practice. And that we always have to remember to what drew us to the path in the, in the outset at the, uh, at the beginning should still resonate. It's, you know, the, it's, it's um, so, uh, and that's, that's what keeps it fresh actually. Um, to, to, uh, so anyway, um, that that continued discipline on your ideal is a, is a key point. You know that that's what I've seen is when people fall from that, then there's no telling what may happen. Yeah, I love this comment from Hope. No room for complacency, Satyam. <laughs> that's right. I love it. And Jeff is sharing. Jeff's one of our new community members too. Hi, Jeff. This playing the hope for better communities and more intentional communication in this world. And so true. And, you know, what I'm asking for is not easy. I, I want all perspectives and all religions and all experiences and all creative people to be together in one space. So I'm sure we're only at the beginning of managing through what that looks like, but it goes back to the experiment, right? Like that's what we're doing. We're experimenting with a new way of living and we're changing the way that we're experiencing remote community because this isn't an ashram. This is a remote community, which is new. And the ones that we have that are built, their construct doesn't necessarily support spirituality. And so I think this is an opportunity for us to create a spiritual remote community that is also real and creative. And we eat food and we do things and have a life. You know, it's not just, you know. Yes. I always joke, you know, it's. I'm sure it's very easy for all those lamas who are sitting in the salt caves in the Himalayas to meditate and to be in a peaceful state. But when I'm driving in rush hour traffic and I'm trying to get the kids to soccer practice and I'm frustrated with how my day went, like that's when our practices really matter. Yes. So our community is really, really important. It's important because what we do every day, that mundane, boring stuff really is when our support matters. It's when our community matters. It's when we remember, oh, okay, I remember that video that Carolina did this morning. I need to go back to that place, you know, where I saw this person on YouTube, you know, that's when all of us are bringing, you know, content and connection into a space where we can get support. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, that, or the, the main thing I really, really love about the community is the in-depth conversations we have i mean talk about wisdom it's just absolutely incredible how you know a conversation can start based on you know what has been posted and then it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and mm -hmm. you don't see that you know on most social media platforms at all no yeah nowhere near the con i mean i you know versus getting a bunch of likes 
you know, we have so many comments. We have such high engagement in the app. And I didn't think we'd get too much into it today, but I'm glad we did because it really is. It's so amazing. And it's so amazing to see all the comments and shares and people who are poking their head out. And, you know, I want to share with you guys, we have 500 people, just under 500 people in the app right now. And the other day I went through because I thought, oh, well, I'll just clear out the people who never really used it. And there was no one to delete. Wow. And so I want you guys to remember something. Even though there's on average about 150 people that are posting every day, there's 300 people who are going in every single day and reading what you're posting, even if you don't know it. And I was actually blown away at how many people are going in. They, seen 15 hours ago, seen 24 hours ago, seen eight hours ago. Like we really, people are watching and they might be a little nervous. So make sure you guys, those of you who are in the community, who love it, who know how to work it, please introduce yourself with a photo and tell who you are in the official feed because people are curious. And I think it's time for us to break the ice. And that's what the webinar is about. And, you know, I think that potentially is what today was about too, you know, I was just talking about this because I was shocked. There's not, there's not anyone in the app that hasn't been in, in the last three days. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So even if they're not liking or commenting, maybe they're just not ready yet. So. Wow. Yeah. Very exciting, Lisa. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And we have great stuff coming. And again, don't forget to contribute content because we love it. I mean, the, the OHO Collaborative will be beyond any kind of online magazine you've ever seen. And it will be directly in our community so that we own the content. We'll be able to see each other's writings and, and share with each other what we're doing in the world. Fantastic. Yay. I know. Which brings us to one key point to being on the path is that remember when you, what, what path you're on, you are a lighthouse. And people are watching. You may not think people are watching, but your example is being acutely monitored. Uh, and so everyone should live to their highest ideal and, and know that by just by being who you are and being strict in your discipline, that has an effect on others. They, they, five years later, they may say, I remember I saw that person like that. I'm going to try that now, or maybe the next day or a week later. So know that whatever vibration you create by your thought, by your word, by your deed, that lives on across this cosmos and, and it's being watched. And it, that's how we grow as a community, it's grow as a human family, as a universal human family. And, um, and that's so everyone's example, never think and you're not powerless. Your example is extremely powerful. And, and it's being watched more, much more than you'll ever know. So good. Any any um, final words of wisdom about community? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I would say, you know, all everything that we've shared is really priceless and valuable. Um, and obviously, the, you know, the, the, the most profound community you can be in is in community with your own higher self or source or whatever you want to call that right mm -hmm. <laughs> and that that really is the starting point and and the great thing about being in a spiritual community is that if it does have the highest sort of orientation and motivation then it supports you diving more deeply into self-recognition and realizing who you are um but, but yeah, your primary your primary relationship with respect to communities with your own higher self. So 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I couldn't agree more. Aim high, aim high and, and, and dive deep. And then all your sharings will be all the more meaningful. And, and spirituality is that it's not external. It's not ritualistic. It does. It's not having to do with what accoutrements you have around. It's about how much you can introvert the mind and come into that sense of oneness that really exists. And, and then that connects all the seemingly disparate parts of this cosmos. So yeah, that spirituality spirit, that it goes beyond material, goes beyond the social. And that's really the, that aim is our, that's our target point. And then we have social duties and we can bring that knowledge of that, uh, those insights in towards that. But um, I couldn't agree more with what Julie said that, that that is the, that's not the final point, that's the starting point. If that isn't the starting point, it will never be the final point. Oh my gosh. I love you both so much. And I feel like this is also just the starting point. <laughs> so perhaps this will be to be continued and we'll do some more of this discussion because it's, it's really important. And I really, we've had a huge audience this afternoon. I really appreciate all of you guys who have watched and commented and joined in the live today. And and uh, those of you who have questions about the app, please go and sign up for the free webinar. And I'll be going through all of those questions there. And I'm saving these comments as I see them come up. So I'll make sure to address those in the webinar. And um, thank you guys just so much. And again, so the webinar is on Thursday the 20th. If you haven't downloaded a Jatakasa, please do it. And if you want to contribute content, if you want to submit an article or a photo or a poem or just something that you feel like you want to share, um, just again, go to the contribute button and we'll get you all set up. We have a brand new set of contribution editors who are going to be helping me manage all of the content in the app. Um, and we have a huge um, PR push this uh, summer to help support all of you guys. Because my goal is really to promote everyone in the community. And I don't know why that's my goal, but that's just what it is. And I want to support everyone um, and all of your work and all of your creativity. Because I think, I remember, so um, five, six years ago, maybe longer, maybe seven years ago, I managed kid robot stores. And it's a vinyl collector archway company. And I managed the stores nationwide. And one of the things that came from Kid Robot for me is I met all of these street artists. And there were these very famous street artists that I met, like Huffy and some others that came into the store and did signings and all these things. But the thing that happened, and I know this happened to do this work today, like, and I'm sharing this with all of you because this is a huge insight I had this week. That moment in time, I saw all of these incredible artists come in to do events at the store when we just all would make our own toys and our own art. And I found these incredible, talented men and women across the country who are these very talented artists who are just hidden, who aren't famous, who no one knows. And I started taking their art and curating it for the stores. One of those artists actually just did a poster for Tool not too long ago, which is a huge band for those of you who don't know, and is famous now. And he told me not too long ago, part of that happened because I put him out for people to see. And so that's what this is, you guys. I want you, the show, the app, OHO, I want you to be where people can see you because 
every single person has gifts and talents and creativity and excitement and passion. And it's time to not repress that anymore. Like it is time for you to do what you came here to do, put it out for the world to see. And I'm going to put it out there for everybody to see because we all have something to contribute. And that goes back to participation. We are all contributors in the Ajatakasa community, everyone. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. I'm fired up, you guys. We're doing this. <laughs> We're going to give those other guys a run for their money because it won't be authentic like this. <laughs> Anyways, I love all of you so much. Julie and Satyam, you're such an integral part of the community. I appreciate both of you and your wisdom. And we really need leaders like you in the community who have this kind of experience that can help guide us because a lot of us haven't been through all that um, and experienced the goods and the bads and the uglies. Um, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. I'm really excited. My husband and I have our, our second uh, episode of our own show, Pulsension, which is a music collaborative project. And we have Jeff Strong on from the Strong Institute who's going to talk about drumming for mental health and wellness. And he's so incredible. Um, he was a, a musician, a jazz drummer who now has an institute and he's healing autism, ADD, ADHD through shamanic drumming. It's really incredible. So he's going to be talking about how that works tomorrow night. And we're also going to talk about his new book about home recording. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Simon and Julie. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And let's take this into the app. Come into Buddhist Biohacker and let's keep talking about this. I just posted about it today so we can keep the conversation going because the comments just keep coming. So thank you guys so much. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you, Sean and Hope and Claire and Jeff and everybody who's just sharing all your great comments and have an amazing day. Okay. Stay Bye. well, everyone. Bye. Bye.